Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Ha, ha, ha. Jackson, uh, welcome in. Hey, morning, Tim. It's balloon Party. Driven by Mugganess, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Considered to be the best ever. That seems to be the consensus, actually. That's right. Like, there's some people who might have you two, but the general public has you one. Who would be first? Um, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I said that, yeah. but really, we all know the answer. Thank you very much. What's, what's the deal with the balloons here in the studio? Can you see this on YouTube? Probably not, because there's nobody standing over there. Is this an honor of our show? You know, one would think because our our uh, our show is Can you titled turn the Balloon YouTube Party. Should you not do that? YouTube.com one hundred one ESPN channel. Interact because the TMA listeners come over into the YouTube chat. And they interact with the one hundred one listeners. It's, it's like the Bloods and Crips getting together and having their truce. That's how I compare it, anyway. Here, I think I can show the YouTube. Oh folks. boy, Jackson's being a bad bad boy moving these YouTube cameras. There it is. Look at it. If you're watching on YouTube, you get to see it. Look at all these balloons. Yeah. So what's this about? Do you do this for me? Uh, no, I didn't do it for you. Hmm. I believe uh, because if you see on the on the far the far side, you see a, a balloon of a gentleman. That is Randy Carricker because it is his birthday this week. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I believe that's the case. I mean, I walked in here. Yeah, Mike Ryder's giving me a thumbs up. That is the case. His birthday is on Saturday. Uh, DB says in the YouTube chat, thank God Action Jackson is back. He's yes. the only reason I listen to this one-hour show. That's from DB. Shout out, is that Devin? you, DB. I'm coming after you. Do you remember the show DB's Delight on KMOV early in the morning on <laughs> Saturdays in 1982? Right. Yeah, no. Actually, me and my father had a great conversation this weekend about... About DB's Delight? DB's... No, I've never heard of the show. When I think DB, I think Devin Booker, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we will talk NBA, of course. Jackson has this week, or today, on the Angry Beaver, uh, Lil Piddle's weekend wrap-up. Bingo. Thank you. No cardinal questions. Zero. And I really celebrate that. Thank you. I really do. Now, if there was a topic, I guess we can like do the Wainwright thing. Yeah. But I just don't know what to add to the Wainwright thing. Like what? Yeah. And that's for like Cardinal talk in general. Like, like we've done so much of it and like it's come to a point where like un- until the off season, nothing new is going to happen. That's gonna, I mean, like the performances of Hudson, Libertor, Matt's to an extent is interesting or something to keep up with because they could be penciled into the 2024 starting rotation. But outside of that, I guess the development of Jordan Walker and some other young guys or lack thereof. But either right. way. I, I'll tell you this. Here, I'll, I'll weave a cardinal topic, and even though it's not in the Angry Beaver Little Piddles Weekend wrap up, right? I really enjoyed Ben Fredrickson's column. I believe yesterday. I feel like I read it on Saturday. Um, but uh, by the way, over the weekend, focusing on the chairman Bill DeWitt. Now he wasn't like lighting him up, but just saying, "Hey, you know, that's that's where the change starts." I think Mazella catches the most hell. I don't think. I'm confident in St. Louis. John Mazzella catches the most hell. But 
there's chains of command in businesses, and the owner can dictate the change of command. So John Mazalak catches the hell, but John Mazalak isn't the one with the final say, and Bill DeWitt is an active owner. It, it, I feel like for the most part these days in sports, the owner is way more active than they were even a quarter of a century ago. Even in the last five years, you've seen such an uptick in ownership engagement. Because it, it's it's no longer like the family business and these things weren't worth what they're worth now, that it's somebody who had some ridiculous run of success, with exceptions, the NFL probably being the one that still has the most family ownership, I uh, think. Maybe baseball. You think so? I don't know. I just feel like, you know, like the Spanos family, I don't, I mean, they're obviously wealthy, but they're not at like the, the right. other world. Like if they sold the Chargers, I don't know if they'd be like, okay, let's go buy up another team. Sure. Point being, um, that you have people who are usually entrepreneurs and had billions of dollars and they're not going to be passive in their investments. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you have active owners, but Bill DeWitt, the Cardinal chairman has been an active owner. Um, I recall seeing Dan Lozano, who was Albert Pujols' agent, uh, the night that Albert signed his contract with the Cardinals, and I guess this was an extension of sorts, in 2004, I believe, Uh, and this was in Jupiter, and he was saying how active Bill DeWitt was, not Walt Jockety. Walt Jockety was the GM at the time, how active Bill DeWitt was in this deal mm-hmm. and how that was, you know, when things were looking like they might not get done, it's because Bill DeWitt was so active. And so my point being, I like that Ben Fredrickson, as the columnist of the Post-Dispatch, which still, even though, you know, it, it, it's 2023, Post-Dispatch in St. Louis still carries weight, uh, directed the uh, the readership to where I think the that's not like I'm angry. I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest owners ever in St. Louis sports, uh, which may sound like blasphemy in 2023, but I don't give a damn. I mean, look at the track record and look what he's done. And but either way, he's still the guy at the top. John Mazelik doesn't walk into his office and tell him what to do. Right. So if he's going, hey, I don't. We we have to we have to go out and get two free agent starters. I don't care what you think, John. I own the team. That's what we're going to do. That's where the focal point is. And on whether it be, okay, you're good with the front office, as Ben said. Okay, well, then, you know, then that's on Bill DeWitt. John Mazzella mm-hmm. doesn't get to keep people. So I, I liked that calm. So there's my cardinal observations as far as, you know, messing around with another last place team. Are the Royals a last place team? I just assume I they are. So. But in the American League Central, aren't we all last place teams? I think the combined wins of like the A's and Royals is like, 65 or 70. Nice. It's like, it's yeah, the Cardinals like get that. the Royals, the A's, and the Mets. So if you're holding out hope and want to fire a bet for a long shot, this is the week to do it. Might be under season. Um, so yeah, Cardinals and A's this week, and then Cardinals and Mets for four. And uh, that's uh, that's it. I mean, so I'm glad that the Lil Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend wrap up, you weren't going to. Yeah, it's, you know, it's such an odd time in St. Louis sports. Like this, been doing it, and you say twenty-five years Hall of Fame Hall career. Of your words. We have not had a year because the other years you would include the Rams in there, mm-hmm. where you have both of the local of the four major North American leagues. I mean, don't get me wrong. What's going on with the city? It is 
it's it's absolutely trending. NMLS takes City out of the equation is absolutely trending, but still, comparatively speaking, Cardinals, Rams, Blues area, or just their era, or just Cardinals and Blues era, nothing like this, where you had both teams in full on sell mode right. and you weren't even paying attention to the games at the end of the regular season. Right. Yeah, it's so strange in that sense. And you know, we have college football around the corner. But that isn't what, you know, what the Rams would be like if they were still in town. And the NFL is, of course, around the corner, but people have a bad taste in their mouth in terms of that. So it's like it's, just a, it's a weird time right now um, for all the 0.01% of sports producers out there, like creating a show. Like, whether you like it, it is kind of a weird time. It's a doldrum. That well, you that's why you're going to shine bright like a diamond, because you have this Lil Piddles, Angry Beaver weekend wrap up. That is, you know, going to captivate not only me, but the millions and millions listening to this one hour midday radio program here on 101 ESPN and watching in the YouTube chat. 130 friends right now have gathered in the YouTube chat. See that little cap tip? Kind of remind you of Hove a little bit? For so many reasons. The black cap actually helps in that regard. Uh, What also I'll say is the sports business or this. Weekend wrap-up is more so a sports business news. Oh, it is the weekend wrap-up, but oh, it, almost every question outside of one, maybe two, are completely sports business related. I like to hear that. Because there is actually a lot of stuff going on in sports business at the moment. I like There's to hear that. I'll tell you, here's, here's, here's something. And I said it a little bit, you asked a question, or no, I think somebody asked a question for a deep dive a week or two ago about an opportunity for Missouri to seize the moment. Mm-hmm. Today should be a great day for Missouri recruiting. James Carlton, who's been a sponsor of Balloon Party and a longtime sponsor of uh, my podcast and uh, TMA, in his opinion, says Winery will be the biggest signing in Missouri football history. I mean, how about that? And I said, okay, DGB, Sheldon Richardson? He said, yeah, because it was Missouri that's taken a player from Oklahoma, and he's announcing today at 3 o'clock. I would imagine maybe like 8% of the listening audience of, of 101 ESPN is maybe familiar with that. Uh, but that speaks to, as a Missouri fan, the issue, and that is that this is potentially, right. if he picks Missouri, it's Missouri or Oklahoma, uh, that many people aren't aware. If we were doing the show in any other SEC state, yeah. you know what I mean? For the most part, yeah. So if Missouri can seize the moment where the market is if you are a sports fan going, give me something. Right. You know, the dogs haven't played, I mean, outside of the League's Cup for a month. Mm-hmm. Seize the moment. Absolutely. Grab the headlines. Have Eli Drinkwitz everywhere. Have players available as often as you can and, right. and market, market, market. It's great that they're going to be playing Memphis. I can't wait for that here in St. Louis, but... You know, there's a football void on the east side of the state. Absolutely. Capitalize on it. And, uh, and, and I'm telling you, what percentage would you give that on October 7th, that little Southern Bell now, even though he's from Massachusetts, right. Brian Kelly and uh, the LSU Tigers and the Missouri Tigers are undefeated? What per- percentage would you both, give that? That both. both of them, both of them, both of them. I mean, LSU's got a quick little gauntlet. To well, go they got to go to Orlando and take on Florida State. They got to go to Starkville and take on Mississippi State. They host Ole Miss and they host Arkansas. Am I correct on that? They go to Oxford. They go to Oxford. They host Arkansas. 
Got it. So, I mean, I they have some Mississippi State, Hale State involved in there. Either way, point is they don't have a light schedule. They Missouri do. has K State. Yeah, they play in Starkville and in Oxford. They have to take wow. two separate trips Sweet to Mississippi. Of mercy. So, yeah, so they'll have to win two and a half road games. I consider that Florida State game half a road game because Orlando's proximity to Tallahassee. But, yeah, if they, if they both are five and no, I'd say 4%. Really? I just think it's going to be tough for LSU to not get one. You think it's one. more likely Missouri's undefeated? Well, when you look at the schedule, yeah, I do. But just, but that's not uh, it's not so much a testament to Missouri. It's an indictment. How tough LSU schedule is. Right, it's just brutal. That's way, a brutal schedule. seize the moment because you know the Cardinals aren't going to be playing unless they don't right. lose the rest of the way. Right, and I think that's a possibility. This week it is a possibility with right. the A's and Mets coming to town. All right, Little Pills Weekend Wrap-Up coming up. It's brought to you by Angry Beaver. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What a weekend it was in the world of sports. It's time now for Little Piddle's Weekend Wrap-Up. Presented by the Angry Beaver, a couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddle's for $5 off any pizza. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is it. This is the one. This is the one we wanted. This is the one you get. It's the Little Piddle's Angry Beaver Weekend Wrap-Up. What do we got? I can't wait. My first two questions, I think, are really going to spawn something here. Wow. The second one, I haven't so. looked. I didn't peek. I yeah. didn't peek. I was so locked in on TMA I today. Say, you got it at 947. The, so. the Maryland Heights apartment community. Right. Um, so I'm going to start off with this one. Uh, the Cardinals aren't in it, Tim. The Blues aren't playing. And football doesn't start for a few weeks. So I'm going to ask about gambling. ESPN is the new darling of pen gaming, launching mm-hmm. ESPN Bet. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the longtime staple of sports media joining the gambling circle? Do you think that there could be some ethical conflicts with jur- with a journalism entity and gambling? Will this further usher gambling and sports broadcasting being in tandem more so on the surface, less so behind the scenes? Uh, I don't have any concerns about it. It's been veiled commentary mainly from Brent Musburger and Al Michaels before it was accepted in the mainstream. And this would go back to hell, maybe even the 80s, but certainly the 90s. And I I enjoy looking at odds, not just because I'm going to consider placing a wager on it. I like the, the math of the probability of where a team or an individual is perceived. Um, you know, from a baseball gambling standpoint, the weather's impact is, I mean, again, you For mean, football especially. Well, I'm talking about baseball, humidity, yeah. and and obviously wind direction. That's kind of an obvious one in certain places like Wrigley and, and whatever the hell the thing is. Is it Oracle now where the Giants play? It was Oracle AT&T Park. When or, I it was there. AT&T Park. It's not Oracle Park. Um, so I enjoy that. I, th- I, think, I think it adds to the conversation to make the sports conversation operate at a higher level as opposed to I like this guy, I don't like this guy, I like this team, I don't like this team. It, it, it makes the sports fan become more educated. Um, so I like that. I don't. When you say ethical, where are you seeing an ethical issue? Well, the ESPN a has, a lot, has a lot of insiders um, uh-huh. and then they have people who have sources inside teams and then you, just anytime you have something like that where you have inside sources and that is their job, they're not doing anything wrong by being an inside source, but then you're also connected to an entity which has a big sports gambling platform. 
there's going to be. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, now I see what you're saying. I get it. Okay, yeah. Like with the Shams thing. Sure. Well, I mean, that you, you got to explain what that was because I think probably 98% of the audience doesn't know what it is, but it's relative to the conversation. It is about the NBA, but this is more about sports gambling and ethics. Yeah, Shams Charania uh, is the insider for The Athletic, the NBA insider for The Athletic, kind of the counterpart to Woj, who's ESPN's version of The Insider. And he also does work on FanDuel TV. Mm-hmm. And he had information about Scoot Henderson, who uh, was picked third, not second, and originally was thought to be picked second. You can place wagers on when guys get picked. Shams has information about that, sends it out. Lines move like crazy. He moves the market. Right. I see. So that that that's what Jackson's referring to there. Yeah, I, under, I understand that. Yeah, I have to tell you, now that I think through it, if ESPN is has its bottom line impacted by being in bed with a gambling company, then therefore it's beneficial if people lose money. <laughs> if their viewers lose money, right. they can, yeah, it's a, I have to think through that one. Right. Sure, that, that presents quite a situation. If you have that sham situation, which again, I recognize this isn't a way to like, you know, try to weave the NBA in no. its material to the conversation that I can see that that can, that can, that you can move markets with information. Sure. I mean, I don't know how many people for gambling advice in particular for like fantasy sports, but also for gambling, listen to podcasts with what I would call touts and, and, and touts isn't necessarily something that I would use in a complimentary term. Mm-hmm. I would say this is 100% speculative and arbitrary, so I want to make that clear, that the tout is usually in the red when the tout is tracking his wagers at the end of the year. Like, real, not like, yeah, I broke even. No, no, no. Really in the red. Because the people who are actually making money are not sharing that with the public, because then if the public goes and bets on the team that this person really likes, then it can move the spread. And a half point can mean the world when you're actually that sharp. So my premise being the tout is not necessarily who you want to listen to, but I have plenty of friends, including myself who will listen to these things. And, and, but then what I now have gotten to is like, okay, now I see what they're moving the market over there. So now I can't possibly play that person. Game theory dictates. I got a zag if everybody else is zigging. So yeah, if ESPN, but that that's, that's cause I'm going, okay, this is a guy with a podcast and he's acting like he knows that the, you know, commanders are going to win eight, nine games. That's different than somebody working for ESPN who has dollars coming in now from gambling uh, saying, you know, a report that they understand this person's going to play or this person's not going to play, which then moves the market. So I see what you're saying. Right. And so it's a very fair question. Yeah. And there's some quandaries involved with that follow up question to that. Two part. Do you think other big name sports media platforms, Fox Sports One, you name it, NBC Sports, CBS Sports, will also consider getting into the gambling side of things because of ESPN doing it. Do you think it's going to become a mainstay where lines of the game are going to be on the bottom scroll as opposed to other game scores and stuff like that? That to me is different. I I feel like that's already happened. To an extent, yeah, there's always, almost always, like, you get different. That's different than, but my understanding is with this Penn Gaming is that they are in business together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's different than than talking about gambling. Sure. If your company's profits are directly impacted by a casino having uh, a good quarter, Mm -hmm. then that's different than talking about the fact that 
you know, Missouri's a 34-point favorite against South Dakota. Oh, yeah. You see? I, no. I know you know that, but I'm that that... So yeah, would other companies get into it? I suppose if it's if it's got profit opportunities and the board says, yeah, let's let's dig in. ESPN was the one that opened the floodgates, so now let's go. I mean, and ESPN is an ESPN. ESPN is Disney, no doubt. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was. What my next Bob Iger factor? Part you saw the layoffs for cutting yeah. expenses, and now you see getting to bed with gambling for the the top line. And I have, I personally have no problem with, I mean, I just, it's, I always thought it was so disingenuous. It's like, it's like saying profanity on the radio. It's just dogma that if you think through why, but right. whatever, I, I know the rules. So I play along, even though I think it's stupid. And I never could understand like why they couldn't talk about, like if they talked about the fact that the Cardinals are favorites against the A's. Oh, what, what, you know, but it was just the way that things were. So you danced, but it's real. We know that a healthy percentage of the population is at the very least aware of it, if not participating in it. People love to like crap on baseball by looking at game three of the World Series against this Monday night game between the Colts and Jaguars got buried in the ratings. Why? You think people, it's about watching the Colts and Jaguars? It's about the fantasy team and the gamblers who lost their asses on Saturday and Sunday trying to get out of the hole. That's what Monday night football is about. Right. So... You know, but we couldn't talk about that. And I, right. that was always disingenuous to me. There's always going to be connections, too, because like while I say what ES, like ESPN is getting doing what they're doing in business with Penn, you know, that's a direct connection there. But these all like CBS Sports, NBC Sports, Amazon, like they're owned by massive conglomerates, Viacom, whatever it may be. And some way or another, there's probably a gambling connection there. Amazon bought MGM Studios. MGM has got gambling interest. Amazon plays Thursday Night Football. Like there's going to be connections in our web. But this is unprecedented because it's a sports media company directly working with a gaming company. And I think that it could become industry standard. And I just wonder what the ethical... If things will change, it's an on that absolutely side. fair question. I don't think if the Shams thing that you cited it would have happened, I, it would even it would have even been on my radar. But since that moved the markets, and understandably so, right? I mean, if Woj says that Steph Curry isn't playing in Game Two of the Western Conference Finals. I mean, obviously, that's going to move the point spread. Right. But then what you're doing, if you're saying, like, is, is Woj intentionally giving bad information? Is he right. told to him? And that, that, then you kind of get into some really malicious, you know, stuff that, that, that's not something that I think people would just be able to do and keep secret. I, that, you know, so you got to play it out how it would look. But I understand it. Uh, that there's concern. Uh, do you have question two here? I do. It's super long-winded, and I think goes down a very deep dive. Wow. Kind of You came out for bear for this Angry Beaver Lil Piddles weekend wrap-up. Well, it's Winery Day, and I decided to... It's Winery Day. Yeah. Three o'clock, Power Mizzou, the Colonel. In case he's, he's going to be a regular here on the program. That's Missouri, we've all released... We gave you the Orioles win total, and now they're going to go win the American League East. And you go... Tim, what is another lock? No problem. Missouri over six and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a super lock, and yeah. we, uh, might, we might even be willing to give you over seven and a half if you can get if you can get better odds. Right. On it. That's it, the kind of that's the kind of tout I am. <laughs> and when Ari might be listening today because he wants to get a taste. I can see it. The show is really popular in Kansas City. Yeah, he wants to get a taste of what. Uh, some of the pundits might be talking about sure. during his tenure They're in like, Columbia. Oh, what's the guy who's in his mid forties got cut from his freshman high school team saying? Right. So that's why he's listening. And I want he might to be make, watching on YouTube. Right. I want to make a good com- uh, impression on uh, the generational talent defensive end. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, was were Tim and the Twink on suspension last week? 
That's all. Oh, Patrick Patrick. I'm Patrick a Patrick Pat. Patrick. Well, he doesn't like us, but I'm a Patrick Patch guy. Uh, why were we on suspension for? No. Um, it was on vacation. Right. And I call vacation. I was just playing at a golf tournament. Right. That's the honest answer. <laughs> yeah. So that was, and that was only Thursday and well, Friday. It wasn't a week. The, the number of people who want my downfall, I'm flattered by it. Right. I'm flattered by it. I'm going to quote for you. What do you got? Uh, Wow, you just you, that was such great oratory skill there. I got a quote for you. What is it? Uh, well, yeah, the Jets coach. Is it Robert Sala? Wow, this is so good. This was so well done. Right. Like, I mean, if you're gonna come, if you're gonna come correct with it. Now what just happened? Did you just like zone out again? Did you do one of those things? <laughs> I got a text from T. Diddy. <laughs> um, what does the show stop if Tanner texts in? <laughs> yes. Um, God. Is he the chairman of the board at Hubbard? Here's the quote. Robert Sala kind of did a Michael Scott thing with the Wayne Gretzky quote, <laughs> and he quoted a rap song, uh, and the song says, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping." And I think that is kind of that's what, what you're saying to Patrick Patrick. That's what I'm saying to your idea of like the people who are wishing upon your downfall. Well, that's fine, but they've been wishing it for a long time, right? And so if you ain't got so no inevitably, either I'll just pass on, or I'll go. That'll do her. I'll see you in Jupiter. Whatever the thing is, and you'll get like you will win. Right. I will be going away. Uh-huh. I can promise. It just it's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. I may be brilliant, but I'm not immortal. Wow. Think about that. Wow. Is Robert Sala going to quote that? Yeah, well, I'll watch Hard Knocks next week, I guess. That's exactly right. But, I mean, it has been 25 years. You yeah. know? So you kind of got to go, it's like me with, like, car racing. Eh, not really my thing. Sure. But I know there's a market for it. Right. But I don't sit there and watch car racing and go, man, I sure hate car racing. I just go, car racing is on. I'm not really interested. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah, I like to call them motor cars. That's nice, yeah. as opposed to the horse and buggy. Right, horseless carriages. Horseless carriages? Oh, the the vehicles that are racing. Yeah, motor cars. Uh, you can interact uh, with the Friends of the Feather. Uh, Patrick Patrick uh, is in there. He's talking it over with TMA listeners. Tiny PP in there? Tiny PP is in there. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a mainstay. Uh, get on and it's uh, fun for the whole family in the YouTube chat. You can also text in Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 uh, Air Comfort Service text line and I'm, I, I mean you have teased me so well at this point for question two of the little pills now when you say it's lengthy is like your question lengthy or oh, you yeah. think I'm going to go down it's it's lengthy. Why can't we like look little use the shears, boy? Because you need. I'm, I have to like explain a lot of this context, and I have a. Th- There's a, a lot of build up for this. It's a theory. There's a lot of it's build a, up. It's a theory that I think you respond to okay. one way or the other. God, I'm I'm legitimately intrigued. Yeah. You've gotten better at teasing, my boy. Well, yeah, I spent the weekend uh, at a teasing clinic. <laughs> yeah, it was in uh, Lower <laughs> Afton. Francis Park. It was in Lower Afton. And Francis Park in Lower Afton. No, it's not. I, that was a that was like God, where it's we like met you for just drinks. like I'm from Ladue, and anything that's not Ladue is Afton. That was that, that's <laughs> what that's what that was. Three one four three nine 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 six four six, or just interact in the, uh, uh, the the NASCAR fan. Look at this. See, I, here I am saying I'm not a big fan of auto racing, but the NASCAR fans that I can't wait for the big tease to bomb. See? I see now if you are wishing upon my downfall. Well, that's kind of part of the deal. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and what was that that quote that you had from Robert Sala that you Yeah, well it's Robert Sala and I forgot the name of the rapper, which is my now I look like the ass. Um, but it's if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Nice. Are you watching Hard Knocks? I am. It's pretty good. So I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm a fan. 
I, well, I love Hard Knocks. I love Quarterbacks on Netflix. I love Full Swing on Netflix. The Blues did a documentary on their draft. I love that these teams are doing this. Yeah, it's, it's smart to do it. Absolutely. All right, more. we'll break. We'll come back with whatever this big tease is for the second question of the uh, Angry Beaver Little Piddles Weekend. Wrap up here on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. We're on YouTube, too. And uh, and you can interact in the chat there. You can text in the Air Comfort Service, uh, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. A lot of buildup for the question two here of the Lil Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend Wrap-Up. I can't wait to hear it. I worry for your sake that there's been so much buildup that inevitably there's going to be an unfair amount of criticism. But let's see. I don't know. Listen, man, sometimes when you're doing your work, right. people are going to have some problems with it. Nice. So when poignant. You, well, when you do it in such a public-facing sector. Right, as one-hour midday radio. Yeah. Uh, you're going to face more criticism than maybe some other industries. Oh, wow. But that doesn't change the fact that I still like my question. Okay. Wow. Jackson, powerful. Right. So just hang with me while I ask right. this. Because right? apparently this is a long-winded question is what I'm sensing. So if anyone wants to start the clock, start. I mean, it's it's very long. Whilst watching Winning Time, the show about the Showtime Lakers in the 80s, there is a scene where Red Auerbach approaches Dr. Jerry Buss and informs him the Celtics have traded for Warriors big man Robert Parrish and drafted Kevin McHale to join a sick front court with Larry Bird. That front court is filthy. Dr. Buss, after the interaction, asks his crew in the Lakers organization in a panic if the Celtics just ate their lunch. I find that scene an interesting relic of history as the owner of the franchise has to hear from the GM of the team in question to find out about trades and draft picks. Obviously, it's a dramatization, but I find it fascinating how sports have changed. Nowadays, players can find out about trades the same times as fans, and information is at the tip of your fingers. Looking at the journey of the sports landscape, do you think this change in a stream of information has both improved the sports world and crumbled some of its most important vestiges? With more people in the know, we have more and more people watching sports every day. Day. That's a positive. By that same token, sports writers and anchors who aren't breaking news, insiders like Woj and Shams, aren't viewed in the same vein. Also, because basic information that at one time was cutting edge is now standard, we have hosts doing the hot take theater, as we talk about a lot, in order to stay relevant because nuanced sports has been ushered out by the continuing stream of information. Do you think technology and, and the way we consume sports has kind of both improved how we enjoy sports and also destroyed some of its most important vestiges. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. There's meat on this bone. That's fun. Um, I think one thing that has changed substantially because of, I'll just start with like phones because Mm -hmm. phones then leads into the social media conversation is that sports now doesn't have near the characters that it had in take your pick of previous eras. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like let's picture Babe Ruth. And of course, none of us are familiar with his work as far as interactions. But the stories that go around Babe Ruth, imagine if he were playing with a Twitter account with everybody with phones while he's out having a libation or visiting a lady of the night. So what, what has happened is people don't go out Mm -hmm. and if they do, they can be penalized for it. Right. And so it privatizes. And by that, I'm not talking about public, like an IPO versus a private business. I'm talking about it. They privatize their lives. They're not going to say something in an interview for fear of either being suspended by the team or the league or losing endorsement dollars. And so it becomes robotic. It loses character. It loses flavor. I think that is bad for the game. I think that is bad for humanity, actually. Um, On the other side of it, because I do think it's good and bad, I think the increase in information as far as math is intriguing, but I think the mistake people can make with it is to go all in on the math. Because, as we have heard from some people, and it isn't limited to baseball, but I feel like we hear about it more with baseball than anything else because of take your pick of Moneyball, Sabermetrics, uh, and then obviously the analytics that played a role in the shift and then the shift going away with the changes in baseball's rules is that you can have all the data you want, but if you don't know what's going on inside of a, a person's life day to day, which data does not track, or if that person had a bad start because of that, then now that factors into the data it can cut both ways, both past analytics and then also projections that it, 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 it leads people to saying you can't rely solely on data. And, and I think that is the right answer. And so I think when you get into front offices that are solely data driven, I think they miss out. And I think that that element has become less important. And by that element, I'm talking about humanity. Uh, And I'm not talking about society, humanity, and I'm talking about the overall element of the mind. The mind is so powerful on how people perform. And if somebody is in a bad place, let's say physically, you just have an injury, but then it's going to make you conscious of that when you're performing, whatever sport it might be, you may not be yourself. And so that is a factor in how you perform because mentally you're, you're thinking, uh, you're conscious of that. The old one that you hear most, what if he had a fight with his wife? What if he's going through a divorce? What if he just found out that, you know, or he was, you know, having a, some side action on the road and his wife found out about that and all hell's breaking loose at home? Whatever it might be, there is no statistic that tracks that. So I feel like that part is, is lost. So from my standpoint, I prefer when people were more comfortable being themselves. I think it adds more color and flavor. And I also think it's the way that people really interact um, when they're away from microphones or whatever, you know, judgment crew exists behind burner accounts on social media. Yeah. I think what, what my question was and what I find interesting about it is like what used to be like top of the hour sports centers coming up. Everyone's tuning in to hear this piece of information. Everybody tunes in for your sports center update. I know that that's yeah, that's, but that I'm a, that's a whole different animal. Um, it is. but like what used to be like top of the, like what you would go to ESPN to go see is that to touch your fingers with one tweet from an insider or one tweet right. out there is now like, so because of that, in order for not just sports center, but like 
sports talk, anything like that, writers, to, to grab attention, you have to be more and more outrageous is the wrong word, but more scandalizing in a way. And it kind of creates narratives that may not have been created, had information, like if you could just discuss information without everyone knowing it immediately. Like I, f- I just feel like the way that we get information is great because people are more in tune to sports and they're more knowledgeable about sports. Like you look, think back into the eighties. Did you ever see like an American league baseball team play up until October? Like, you know, God, no, I probably the first time I went when I went to a game again, the Royals and A's right, in like, the early 1990s over at Kauffman Stadium. That like, was the first time I probably saw an American League team play. Yeah. Like, did you watch hockey teams that weren't played around here, baseball teams, football teams? Like, no, like, but well, we have that ability now, which is awesome. But at the same token, because information is so readily available to us in order for sports outlets to kind of keep remain relevancy, you kind of have to do like this hot take and it, it goes into like what we talk about with the death of nuance is like I just think because more people are more knowledgeable everyone can be a sports insider but not everyone can be you know this outrageous take artist and you and it's funny because as you're talking I look directly above you and there's Dan Orlowski yeah. uh, but so you got all this from John C. Riley interacting with the gentleman playing the role of Red Auerbach last night well yeah, no this was uh, the first episode and it was discussed. How, how, how season two so far? Two episodes in, good or bad? Uh, good. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh, Peter. Something's going on, Peter. There's so much. Like, there's so much. And also, like, when you're doing a, a story about this, like, I know that the Lakers don't win the 81 championship. So, like, when you kind of lay some of these, like, these are things already happened. They happened somewhat recently. So, like, that element of like, will the Lakers win? Like when they set it all up, it's like, well, I know they don't, but I know they win eventually after that. So I think there's like more interesting character studies out there that they should dive into less so about like the, you know, what Lakers offense they're running. But that's a, that's beside the point. Basically what I'm saying, like why I picked up on that, I was listening to a podcast and they talked about this exact thing, that this is interesting, that like sports information like that was transferred in a dinner at Peter Luger's and not at, you know, everyone reading their phone and finding it out. And this is the this is the owner of the Lakers. This isn't like just Joe Sports fan. This is the guy who's across the table from Red Auerbach. So I just found that part interesting and then made this convoluted discussion. Oh, oh, Prince, you don't have to apologize. No, it wasn't it was a minute twenty. That was the length of the question. Yeah. But I liked it. Thank you. You're yeah. hey, come here. Sit <laughs> on my lap. <laughs> Spoiler alert, jackass! That's from the six three six. Right, that's what I'm like, saying. Is it like a spoiler? Like, like it's not hard to figure out who won the 1981 NBA championship. It was not the Los Angeles Lakers. So I don't know if they're just going to spend a whole season or two seasons or three seasons, like going through each year. Are they going to get up to Kobe and Shaq? Could there be? You know, the, the, it's limitless. It's kind of weird. Uh, what do you say about Lisa? She's a gem. I, I agree. I don't know what this meant. I think a word's missing. Sick parent, kids, best friends. Uh, those are those are they're those all are, words those are five words but there's missing like yeah, a, it's like I'm playing $25,000 pyramid Here there's like a Dick preposition Clark, he was going to give me another hint to give me the right answer yeah prepositions missing sick is something parent kids best friends Doot. when you were sick Doot. as a kid what TV show was usually Price on? Right Price is Right Doot. right hmm it was most probably Price is Right for me too what were you watching Too Close for Comfort with that Jim J. Bullock. This is going to come off like maybe braggadocious. I really never got sick as a kid. 
Like there was, I could probably count on one hand the amount of days of school I missed from being sick. Look at that. Yeah. Look at Cal like Ripken a, over here. Yeah, really lucky. Look at the Iron sense. Horse. Very, Riddles. very well. Knock on wood. I bet Jamie Irvin's going to come in and give you a little pat on the backside. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. That was a really good question, Piddles. You still suck. That's from the Grape Ape Auto Dealing? It's probably the best compliment I can receive. Your, your question was good, but you still suck. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to think I was going to turn the tide just on that one question. After our episode two, they are done with the 81 season, Mr. Jackson. That was legitimately a spoiler alert, and now I'm upset, which is fine. I, I, was, I was glad that I, I thought they had already the moved on like into the mid-1980s at the end of season one. No, 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 no. They, really? It, the end of the last episode is them, okay. like, is the uh, drama. Larry Bird had come along, but I guess they hadn't started having the Celtics thing yet. Yeah, because the Celtics didn't make the 80 championship. We were sitting around, my wife and I were sitting around on Saturday night. This is a lot different than like a decade ago. And I'm like, I don't feel like you were usually watching The Bear. Uh-huh. Good and, show. You know, and uh, I said, for some reason, I'm not feeling I said, I really like watching Winning Time, the story of the Lakers dynasty, and it just restarted. If you watch season one, maybe you'll get into it, and then we can watch together. Mm-hmm. And then I've start, I had forgotten how episode one starts, and it's basically one of my stag films, which yeah. is, of course, for me, wonderful. For her, not as much, not as much. And then I see her grab her phone, and I'm like, okay, we'll probably just watch this by ourselves. Maybe me and the five-year-old boy. Uh, all right, the final uh, few questions of the Little Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend wrap-up coming up in our final segment that BK and Ferrario take over. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis, Acura, Nalton, Toyota, 101 ESPN. Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tanner's text, Jackson. What was it? Uh, he just politely asked that we are out by 57. They got a guest on at 1115. That means and, we got uh, two minutes. I have a, I have a good question. That a quick be, hitter. We call these quick hitters. Yeah. So Leo Messi has doubled the subscriptions for the MLS Apple TV package and has basically single-handedly put the MLS on the map for the world. I'm looking at the four major sports. Who are the Messies of each sport? I'm not asking the GOAT. I'm asking who do you think is like the player that put them on the map to where to put them on the path where they are now? Like, who do you think is that for each four major American like sports? pass? Yeah. Okay, all right. Babe Ruth, baseball. You think? Wow. Okay, I guess Tanner, sorry, we're not going to be out by 1057. Clearly, well, Piddles wants to dig well, in I'm on I'm talking something. about, like, for, like, the grand scheme of, like, how big the sport is now. Like, obviously, Babe Ruth is huge in that, but people aren't watching television. There's no TV. Okay, well, what's, your, what's your answer? Baseball's tough. Baseball... It, and there's the water bottle's been tossed. I had to adjust because we have this Randy Carricker balloon statue. And I didn't want to pop any of the balloons. Right. Baseball baseball and football both are So you disagree with my answer, and then I say, oh, well, then what's yours? Since well, we have to land the plane <laughs> per Tanner's request, and then you go, well, I don't know. Right. Well. I mean, uh, you you wrote the question. Yeah, I didn't think of it, though. I th- Obviously, I thought about basketball. I think we all knew that. Yeah. Well, I think people would go Jordan, but I think the okay. answer is Bird so you just and Magic. to be able to talk about, okay, no. what about your, what, what's your hockey answer? Because I know everybody's Gretzky, to- 80s Oilers. Dream team. Okay. Fought on the heels of the 80, uh, on the, the 80 Olympics. You know, that was the, the getting was good for hockey, and Wayne Gretzky came and capitalized by being the great one. 99. NFL. I, you can make an argument for someone like Joe Namath, who, while not it's a nice play, not I like a, that play, not a great quarterback, but like first, like recognizable star, and then that kind of put. The thing is, and this sucks because I, I could dig in on this too, but we got to go. Uh, the NFL really, as odd as it is, and it's tough, especially like for somebody who's 25, mm-hmm. 
But I can kind of remember. I mean, the football Cardinals, I realize they were not successful, and I know younger people don't. I barely remember them. I maybe went to two or three games while they were here before they moved. But the NFL was not near the behemoth it is now Mm -hmm. back when the football Cardinals were here. And I would even say when the Rams got here, it wasn't. It really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's been hugely popular. But that was not the name of thing was a big deal, but the NFL wasn't what it is now. Right. The NBA, as you know from, you know, talking about winning time, the NBA was a debacle. Tape delay. It was a debacle. Right. Um, so things will change. And I'm telling you, keep an eye on what's going on with MLS, not because of the, the Miami specific, but other players from around the world are going, oh, I can live in the United States and make ridiculous money and dominate and dominate. Yeah, this is a this is a big moment for MLS. This messy thing. Taylor was all over it. Twelman was all over it. But it's I feel like it's even getting bigger with what's going on. Plus, because that team sucked oh, and he's terrible. had an immediate impact. I okay. mean, it's something. I mean, they were here like four weeks ago getting shipped by city. And now they're on this heater and everybody's talking about him. It's a whole thing. All right. BK and Ferrari are up next for Action Jackson on Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 East You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.